Welcome to another Buzz Marketing for Technology podcast. I'm your host, Paul Dunay, publisher of the blog, and today I'm sitting with Ross Mayfield, CEO of SocialText, one of the first wiki software companies and a leading provider in Enterprise 2.0 solutions. Thank you for joining me today, Ross. Absolutely. My pleasure, Paul. I invited Ross to join me today to help my audience better understand more around wikis and how to get started. So, Ross, maybe before we go there, let's back up for a second. Maybe you want to define Enterprise 2.0 so we can set the the wiki conversation in the Enterprise 2.0 space. Right. So a lot of people are familiar with wikis, weblogs, RSS, uh, and other tools that have emerged over the last five years or so. In some cases, such as wikis, it's actually 10 years old since Ward Cunningham invented them uh, and cast them out as an open source tool for people to use. Enterprise 2.0 is a kind of catch-all term that unfortunately has a version number in it that comes from some work that a professor at Harvard, Andrew McAfee, did when observing a deployment of social text in an environment uh, in a bank in London. Essentially, his definition is free-form or emergent social software adapted for use in organizations or by organizations. By freeform or emergent, the whole point is you've got something as simple and easy to use as email, something unstructured. It's just messages that when you use the tool, uh, the byproduct of using the tool is actually creating the structure of the application itself, exactly the opposite of the way you design traditional enterprise software, which is kind of top-down, very rigid, highly controlled and structured, all with the goal of automating business processes. Uh, what we've kind of found is a different kind of need for something that is a little bit more productive than email, has a better group memory, and lets people just start working and collaborating without letting the tools get in the way of people working together. Mm. I knew Andrew McAfee had coined the term. I didn't know he was talking about a social text implementation when he coined the term. So that's actually very cool. What he did observe is something that's, you know, this environment of both uh, social text, blogging tool, and the use of RSS news readers, something he further identified using this slates paradigm of search, linking, authoring, tagging, extensions, and signals. And it's actually something that we've kind of realized uh, in a partnership with Intel and some other best-of-breed providers. It's called Sweet2. You have Social Text as a best-of-breed wiki, uh, Movable Type as a best-of-breed blog, NewsGator as a best-of-breed RSS newsreader, all combined and distributed right now by Intel through all of its channels. Excellent. So when it comes to marketing, and I'm thinking about this from a marketing perspective, the power of the wiki really comes into play when you're harnessing the wisdom of the crowd, if you'll excuse the, uh, the reference to the book, Wisdom of the Crowd, which, by the way, is an excellent book. So what, as a marketer, should you be thinking about when it comes to uh, implementing a wiki? I think you're absolutely right in that some of the best benefits are when you really realize the power of mass collaboration. But it does start with very basic productivity enhancements that these kinds of tools can have compared to email. The way to think about, or one kind of thought exercise for how should I look at applying this wiki within my marketing mix, within the processes that I'm responsible for, is take a look at any given business process and then ask yourself two questions. How could I redesign this if we made it more transparent? And then second, how could I redesign this if I increase the scale of participation? Um, I'll give you an example. So with the Howard Dean campaign four years ago, what we had was a process very similar for a lot of uh, marketing departments where you had six or eight people that were in charge of a clipping service, clipping items out of the newspapers that 
pertain to the campaign, and then somebody preparing a briefing book on the basis of that. What we did to redesign this process was to say, okay, let's open it up so we could have 400 volunteers adding in news clippings into the wiki for anything that they found both of interest, but then also the ability for people to uh, have specific areas of coverage that they were supposed to follow, a given periodical, for example, or a given trend around, let's say, the Iowa caucus. With those 400 people contributing what was of interest and then also talking about what was of interest, adding little breadcrumbs of attention, links, and things like that, it would all kind of bubble up for the role of a single editor in this case. They would be waking up in the morning bright and early, uh, scanning through the wiki to see what information was bubbling up, and then preparing a formal briefing document that was distributed to the campaign twice a day. We've taken the exact same approach, of course, within enterprises, which is really our bread and butter. Uh, let's say within SAP, what they did was they had a group that was in charge of competitive intelligence, something pretty essential when they're in a duopoly market and competing pretty aggressively against Oracle. Uh, so what they developed was the SAPedia, uh, which was, in effect, an open encyclopedia for people to contribute any kind of collective intelligence, or I'm sorry, competitive intelligence that they're able uh, to gather, maybe pricing tactics, different kinds of customer wins and strategies that are working for them out in the field. And so, again, you have that same thing. If you used to have a small process with just a handful of people acting in secret and then producing something only for the purpose of a direct report, to making it something open and participatory, they're able to get better collective intelligence and then also make that intelligence available to more people than what it was originally designed for because you can't always anticipate what's the best use of a given bit of information. Phenomenal internal example. Very relevant, obviously, to me in my role and potentially to others that uh, are listening to this. But do you have any examples of successful wikis that are used in an external marketing campaign? One example that I think is also interesting just for people's education is there's this new book by Don Tapscott and Anthony Williams called Wikinomics, and it essentially is a great business strategy survey of all things related to open source wikis, social software, and Web 2.0. But it, what's interesting is that if you look at the last chapter of the book, it essentially goes to, says to go to wikinomics.com to help write the last chapter essentially a survival guide for, you know, the Wikinomics environment. And so what we did was to help set up a wiki for them uh, at that URL for anybody to go in and start contributing to, in effect, this unfinished chapter. And if you think about books as an information product, unfortunately they're kind of out of date the minute that they're actually published because it takes forever to get it out. But then, you know, what book or what topic is ever really finished? I think that's something you see in Wikipedia pages and articles. Um, what might be definitive, even if it's a history article, may change as new facts are discovered. And so essentially, what you've got is something that's a lot less static than a given book, and now it's being used as another way, in effect, to market the book itself, something that is of interest, I think, for press coverage, but then also really helps kind of the word-of-mouth energy that you can get around a book as a brand. You know, wikis have a higher degree of engagement than what you'd find with many other community tools, primarily because, in general, the use of a wiki is a collaboration. You can't have collaboration without a goal, but when you have the right goal, when you're able to engage participants and have some fair ground rules, 
what you end up doing is getting people to be highly engaged in creating some kind of asset, right? Don't use words like content because that's kind of legacy and laden with all kinds of other issues of property. But the point is that you've got a group of people engaged around a brand at the level of actually helping further define what that brand even means and adding value to it. Excellent. Another point that I'm wrestling with and I wanted to try to drill out is, you know, what are the three or four things that we might want to keep in mind when trying to start a wiki? Right. So the first thing is you ought to look to experiment and pilot in private first. I think everybody should at this point be engaging in some level of a either a wiki pilot or general social media pilot because really the only way to truly get these tools is to to experience them um, and to experience them with your own stakeholders. So the approach that we like to take is to say, let's say, for example, you've got a marketing department in a large Fortune 1000 company. First, start very small just within the marketing department to get people to be accustomed for just the dynamics of using the tools, the features, the functions. Apply it to a given process, project, maybe a product that you're managing, and start it off with a new project, not in the middle of a project itself where people are already ingrained in certain ways of collaborating to perform it. After that, then start to look at what other projects you could use, let's say, for taking that process you might be applying it to um, and redesigning it for more participation. I'll, I'll give you one example. A lot of marketers are wrestling with what should their public blogging strategy be. One approach that a lot of other folks, including, let's say, IBM took, was they enabled people to blog internally first. They set up a wiki to be able to discuss and refine a blogging policy and get the right buy-in, the right stakeholdership. And then, you know, after a certain run inside, they flip the switch and let them go public. That's not something that, you know, in the spectrum of opportunities and the amount of risk that a given company might take in public social media, that's probably not the choice for everybody. But the way that they did it was pretty essential because when there is some kind of crisis communication event around the brand, those people who are blogging publicly have already established a back channel behind the firewall. They already have some social connectivity in a place they know they could go to vet a given issue before blogging and talking about it publicly. The interesting thing is that actually for a marketing or a PR department, you know, some people think that blogging is going to make their traditional channels obsolete. I don't think so. I actually think there's greater opportunity. So uh, one example is, you know, it used to be the role of a PR firm would be to do some media training for a handful of executives to have absolutely perfect messages that would end up being pitched through brokered access to, you know, the very top journalists who actually had the ability to publish. Well, all that changes the second they recognize that everybody in the world is publishing and everybody can, at least everyone, and it's becoming the norm within the younger generations, are expressing some facet of their identity online uh, and are remixing media in their own ways which changes the mix overall. From that, what the challenge then becomes, not just doing media training and working on messages through a manufacturing model, but developing more of an information age uh, model for how messages are created and distributed, engaging in a different level of training and engagement with individual employees throughout the firm. So I think there's this core audience, this natural renewable resource Uh, that you can tap into inside your organization and, quite frankly, listen to them about what kind of public strategies you think would be the best fit for your your brand externally. Mm. 
I like the idea of, you know, sort of starting it off internally and then flipping the switch. I, I certainly uh, aspire to the same theory. I, I think a corollary to that question is, okay, you, you started internally, you started with a new project. Any thoughts on how to build the adoption? Yeah, adoption is a really key issue. It doesn't happen overnight with the tool. Um, and some people, I think, at the surface just assume, hey, if we throw the tool out there, make it open, uh, it's going to attract people, people are going to behave correctly, and they're going to build something of value. It right. does require some level of leadership, but also that leadership needs to be able to tap into uh, the inherent grassroots energies and interests around using this kind of tool and communicating in this way. So one example of this, uh, let's say if you wanted to start a public community, the approach that we take in a consulting program we call Quick Start is to first take a core group of people. It might be five people from within your organization and five people that are part of your potential community or some kind of legacy community like a discussion board or forum or mailing list. Engage them in defining what the goal of the collaboration is. Give them some decent levels of training on how to use the tool. And then engage in rapid prototyping of the content itself. With this core group, we'll proceed for a little while, let's say 15, 30 days, up until the point where they start saying, hey, this thing's ready. Let's make it public. You know, I want to, you know, I think we've already done our job here. And at that time, what you do is you say, hold on just a little bit longer. What we're going to do is give each of you individually five invitations to invite five of your friends or colleagues that you think should be part of this community. Uh, the new wave comes in. We give them some training. We engage in prototyping again. And we keep repeating this process of prototyping and, in, and training and invitation. Somewhere in the middle of it all, um, what we try to develop is the right social contract for the community as a whole. And getting those very basic rules right and not making rules for everything is pretty essential. But somewhere around either uh, in a 45-day program or a 90-day program, when it does come time to flip the switch, what you've done is you focus not just on creating content, but getting a core community to really connect with each other socially, right? So they understand who the people are on the other side of that signature within an email or within a uh, wiki. But then also, um, when you launch, what you have is a resource that a first-time visitor will go to and say, hey, this is a resource. This might be worth coming back to. And then also, you've developed a core community that has already established some baseline norms and the ability to defend the wiki in case it's attacked by a given vandal. So it's those kinds of processes for adoption where you make a little bit of investment in community building up front, and if you do it right, you end up having a lot less in the way of community management overhead than you could have later on, or especially with other kinds of tools. Partially because what a wiki can do is to offload the challenge and task of moderating the community to the community itself. It's something you see, let's say, within Wikipedia. It should be noted that a lot of my business these days is building Wikipedias inside of companies, right? That's what people know wikis for. It's the first concept that they're going to come to us with. We have to work with them to understand why Wikipedia is unique and different, to help them understand that the 500 people in Wikipedia that are doing 50% of the edits, which is just 0.5% of the population, is a core community that's mostly fending off vandalism. You know, Wikipedia is unique in the way that it does not, let's say, require a user to establish an identity to make an edit, to make a contribution, whether it be positive or negative. And there are ways where you can reduce those kinds of costs, but you also need to kind of 
laud and compliment the way that the Wikipedia community has uh, stuck to such principles of openness. You've been listening to Ross Mayfield, CEO of Social Text, one of the first wiki software companies and a leader in the Enterprise 2.0 solution space. If you are interested in learning more about wikis or Enterprise 2.0, please go to www.socialtext.com.